All right, here we are. Thursday, November 18th, 2021. Welcome into the show. Jason Ross here with you. Two hours we have with you here today before we get to Thursday night football, starting a new week of NFL action. Patriots, Falcons tonight right here on KHDK. But you know what we're going to be talking about today. Everybody's favorite topic, the Sacramento Kings. Mm, 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 mm. Lots to cover there. We are going to do that uh, between now and uh, 5 o'clock. But also, we're in the giving mood again today. And uh, we will have Kings tickets for you to win today. And that's the funny thing is everybody's, I can't say everybody, but likely a lot of you are down on this team right now. You still have a chance to go see them play. Uh, Some of the best athletes in the world, Kings included, win a pair of tickets to see the Kings take on the Blazers next week, right before Thanksgiving. We're going to have that before the show is over. Uh, That'll be coming your way at around uh, 4 o'clock, 4.30, somewhere in there. Also today, we're a couple days away now from one of the biggest football games this region has ever seen, the Causeway Classic. It happens every year, but we've never seen two teams at 8-2 and going in. The Aggies are ranked 10th. The Hornets ranked 11th. They're both good. The Hornets are playing for the Big Sky Championship. Both teams are going to the playoffs. Uh, it's going to be fun. It is going to be a lot of fun. That game is Saturday right here on KHDK. Again, both teams 8-2. and two. We are going to have two separate family four-packs of giveaways for Hornet and Aggie football, the Causeway Classic. That will be coming up in the show as well. We'll have one this hour and one in our second hour as well. So those are all the things that are coming your way. Um, it is good to be here with you. And again, lots for us to discuss. So I say we just go ahead and dive right in and uh, get going here today. So here's a little first things first. Oops, we'll get that going here. Just hang on one sec. First things first. Hmm. I think this one's on me. Is it on me, Jay, or you? Let's see. We're working on it. We're working on it. It's good to have Jay back here today. Chris, I don't know where Chris goes. Chris takes time off sometimes, and he just, we don't really ask. It's one of those things where when Chris Verlaud takes time off, which he doesn't do that much, it's, uh, he just departs. He just goes. And we don't ask many questions. We Sometimes you're afraid if you ask Chris a question. You don't necessarily want to know it, but, um, all right, let's try it one more time. It could be on this computer, but let's see. First things first. Close things first. All right. Well, where we're starting is with the Kings in the road trip. So disappointing. So disappointing. And we're going to get into what are your expectations for this team. I shared mine. I've been very open about it. I still think this team is better than they're performing. And those of you that don't, then you're probably not even disappointed besides being a fan and wanting them to win. But if you do have expectations of this team, like I do, um, I think they should have been better on this road trip. And I think we've seen glimpses of them being better than they played. But last night, when it all came down to it, in Minnesota, an opportunity to have, I would still have been a little bit disappointed at 2-2, two and two, but certainly feeling a whole lot better about a 500 road trip. And then you start parceling out a few things on that. When we said this yesterday, where you go, look, I think a lot of people thought this could be a 3-1 and one trip. Everybody's always greedy. You want to win every game. But when you start to pull back and go, this is a favorable trip. There's no back-to-backs. You even have two days off between one of the games. But had the Kings won yesterday, obviously still below 500, they would have been 7-8. and eight. We'd feel better about that. They would have had the most road wins in the Western Conference. Now, that's a totally optimistic positive side, right? But they didn't. And four, they're only one back of the teams with the most road wins. 
but nobody's feeling good about six and nine. I'm not feeling good about six and nine. And yesterday, I didn't think they played well at all. And it was a winnable game. It was right there till the end. And then the Kings got hit by the big three. Edwards, one-on-one, step back over Holmes, buries the three-pointer. He's a load, to say the least. He's now four of nine from distance. He's got himself 26 points. He leads Minnesota in scoring. 16 of the 26 have come in this fourth quarter. It's a six-point, two-possession game. Timberwolves lead it, 99-93. D'Angelo Russell drives, got an uncontested layup. Got a back screen that set him up, and he drove it to the rack. And, boy, it's not looking good for the Kings. Oh, you can just hear it. You can hear it in the G-Man. Let's get uh, one more. It's the third part of the big three. Towns with a break, delivery of the pass. Turn out the lights, warm up the jet, head for the West Coast, and a four-game homestand. It's 105-97 with 27 seconds left in the ball game. To the T-Wolves? To the T-Wolves. Yep, that's what happened yesterday. A game that was just cruising right along. Kings were not good. Not good in the first half. And neither was uh, Minnesota. Both teams shot below 40% in the first half. And at one point, the Kings were well below 40% and had something like 14 turnovers, shooting terribly from three, and they were ahead. We said this, you know, basically off air at different times watching. It looked like two bad basketball teams in one night. It just looked like two bad basketball teams. Now, someone had to win. Minnesota had a better finish and a better winning time performance, and their big three came through and won 107-97. So, the Kings go a disappointing one and three on the road trip. They're now four and five on the road. More importantly, six and nine overall. And as we go along, we're going to get into a little bit of deeper dive here. And of course, I'm sure anybody that uh, follows social media has seen the comments made by Tristan Thompson. And we're going to get into that at the four o'clock hour. But I'm really trying to figure out this team at this moment. Because my feeling from yesterday's game was this. Obviously, they lost. Obviously, they didn't shoot the ball well. And with those things, I would say I felt like they had a chance to win, and they technically did. So what's missing? What? Where's the little edge here? What? What is not quite converting them into the win column? Because when I watch them, I don't think they're far off, but that's irrelevant unless you close that gap. And to say you're not far off, I don't know that I could put my finger on one thing. Some of you out there, I hear it. I can just hear, it's the coach. Okay, maybe. It's the players. Okay, maybe. Is it all of it? Probably. I mean, they're, they're all, when it's successful, it's everybody. When it's bad, it's everybody. The one thing I wondered, though, watching last night that left me with maybe a more puzzling feeling than in even some of the other games was the constant search for the four, a four position, a three, four, whatever. You know, defining what Harrison Barnes is, if he's your three, then you're looking for a four. If he's your four, then you're looking for a three. And I personally feel they handled it better earlier in the season when they played more of the guards. And what I mean by that is Terrence Davis, though he has not played well, a buddy, Halliburton, Fox, um, Mitchell, that group, those five. Now the concern is you're smaller, totally get it, and the rebounding. And Coach Walton has come on this show and has been on post games and said, 
Defense and rebounding seemingly is what he's most concerned about. I'm not saying he's completely wrong in that, but I'm wondering if they're emphasizing that too much. With this thought, the way the roster is constructed, there's no clear-cut answer to me on this roster where you say, plug this player in at four, issue solved. They've tried Harkless. He didn't give you a lot. He's a he's a veteran that's a glue guy, but you wish there was just a boost in a little bit more, whether that was a better defender, a better perimeter shooter, a better rebounder. He's not bad, but you just wish he was better at all those. Chemezi Metu, amongst the rebounding group slash floor spacer and three-point shooter, makes a lot of sense. Marvin, who you drafted so high, is a rebounder, probably not the best floor spacer and maybe more of an issue defensively. Alex Len, clearly a professional rebounder, so is Tristan Thompson, but are you too big at that point? So just the way the roster is constructed with some flaws in it, my opinion is when they played their best in this very short 15-game season so far, I thought they played more guards and tried to rebound well but maybe nights they didn't and they got worked on the boards or didn't get as many boards as their opponent but it felt like they played better offensively felt like they played better overall and competed more times than not and I think when you play more bigs with this roster if that's playing whoever that is Metu or Bagley or Len or Thompson along with Holmes Damian Jones wherever you want to go with that you're taking away one more guard in their minutes and maybe even more than that And I think that is counterintuitive to the way this roster is currently constructed. Now, we can argue about the roster construction, and I think that's fair. I'd point to that. I'd point to all of it. And you have to. When you're not successful, it's it's not, hey, if they just made their free throws, they'd win more. Nope. If they just rebound, they'd win more. It'd help. Defended better. Statistically, they are. Offensively, they are. How to win. That's the last piece. How to win. And that's an important piece. And that's a tangible that I don't know how you break through there because of the strengths that I thought this team had coming in. I did like continuity. I liked that the same, for the most part, same coaching staff, but Luke Walton is there and the, and the support staff is there. The, a lot of the same key players are there. The mistakes that have been made in the past, this group should now know, oh, remember that game when whatever, we didn't do this and that, and that's why we lost. Okay. That is why you bring a group back so that they know, then know how to be different and finish. And right now, it feels strikingly the same. I think if you if you put it on a, a like a scale, I would say they're incrementally better. That's not resulting in anything. But just overall across the board, I like their offense better. I think they're defending better. And we're talking better on a scale. But what's it doing? They're six and nine. That's nobody's happy about six and nine. They can't be. So what is that last piece or that other piece? Why has this group that's been together long enough not figured out how to win? Maybe you'll say it's rotations. Maybe you'll say it's um, the players. Maybe it's the the philosophy, the plays. They're whatever. Something's missing. And it also goes back to expectations. I expect and thought, and still can, this all still can happen, I thought they would be a playoff team. 
they honestly still can be a play-in team just by process of elimination. And I've said that almost since about two weeks ago when I thought the bottom five has kind of already established itself. Well, this road trip has put the Kings in the bottom five. So maybe they're that team. I, I could be wrong on them. I really could be. But OKC right now is 10. I do not think that's a great basketball team. They beat the Kings down by 18. I don't think Minnesota is great. They have a good big three, decent big three. I don't think they're great. I don't think the Spurs are great. They punk the Kings. And then you got New Orleans and Houston below that. I firmly believe OKC will be there. But you don't want to be the team that gets into that 10 because of process of elimination. You want to be the team that gets there because you deserve it, because you've earned it, because you look like a playoff team or a play-in team. And I think they're anywhere I had said I thought they'd be a playoff team and win 44 games. Doesn't look like it right now through 15. And how can that still happen? Well, now you have to start to win games. Like Saturday, let's say. Utah, they're better than the Kings. I don't think right now if I had to pick, if I had to bet, you gave me money, I'm betting on Utah. Can the Kings win? Of course. But what are they going to learn? I thought the Kings played Utah. If we take two losses this year, I thought they played them great. Games were incredibly similar. You couldn't tell who the better team was, though. You know, Utah's got more experience, and that's what I'm talking about. Four minutes to go in both the games with the Utah Jazz. Kings and Jazz right there, and you've watched it, and you go, man, for 40, you know, 44 minutes, this is anybody's game. Kings are answering the size and the physicality and the discipline of the Jazz with their own superpowers, and they're doing it. And then you get to the last four minutes, winning time, difference-making time, oh, well, the Jazz have been there. And that's been my blanket statement. The Jazz have been there. They know how to do it. Okay, Fox, Halliburton, year two, but still, played a lot of games. Barnes, Holmes, if we just take Fox, Barnes, Holmes, how many minutes have they played together? A lot. How many games like this have they been in? A ton. Then you have the veterans that have been around, Lynn and Tristan Thompson. You know, you're just plugging and playing guys that – know what to do seemingly a buddy he's been on the team the longest tenured guy all these guys have been in this and the advantage of me to me of this team should have been the continuity in close games and they've been in too many close games lately where it doesn't look like they know what they're doing for the players on the floor and why are they not be able to break through on those opportunities and so I feel like it's close, and maybe I'm more optimistic, but by saying that, it's also fragile. It's fragile. I think this team could be 9-6. and six. They're not. They're 6-9. and nine. So you could say, hey, look at the next five games. I don't think they'll win any of those games, or they'll be close games. The next close game, are they going to win? They're going to be – I mean, their point differential, if you even care about that, generally, if you're plus, you're a winning team. They're plus point two. That's, that's really small. And they have one blowout here. They blew out Charlotte, basically. Um, they're generally in close games. They've been in before this road trip. I don't think maybe it was about five games ago. Remember, they have been ahead in every fourth quarter. Every one. So it shows that they can do it and be more consistent. But at winning time, fourth quarter time, last five minutes, crunch time, whatever you want to value it, I thought one of the strengths of this team would be the continuity of having players that had been through those pains and heartaches before, they're just ramming their head in the wall again. They're doing the same thing. That's painful. 
It's painful to watch. It's painful for the fans. I know that. It's painful for the broadcasters, for media. Certainly social media wants to just, you know, annihilate the team, and that's fine. I think they're a little bit better than they are, but I, I, you know, maybe I'm the one that's going to get burned and say, I had them for 44 wins, and here they are winning 30. Lottery again, and then what? Roster moves, coaching moves, if not sooner on all that stuff. Yeah, yes, that's all in play. It has to be. When you're a team, and I say not your your expectations, but the organization's expectations, they said playoffs, and they should. Well, then that's what they have to get to. So if you changed three players today, if you changed the coaching staff today, the expectations need to stay the same. You need to believe as an organization you're going to break through and you're going to get there. And right now, they are underperforming at that, but just by a half a game. And so that's why I don't think it has to be anything done drastically. In the short term, I wouldn't do anything. I think this group has to put it together on their experience, figure it out, and figure out winning time, really. So how to win the close of games, how to do it. There, How many times can you just uh, uh, save yourself two hours and join the Kings game with six minutes to go? Likely it's within one or two possessions. No matter what the journey was before that, a 20-point lead, a 20-point deficit, a terrible shooting half, a brilliant shooting half, awful defense, good defense, whatever in between, it's likely a two-possession game with six minutes to go. So if that's the case, and I don't know if it's been all 15, but probably 10 or 11 of them, you're six and nine. You're not winning enough of those. That's to me where it needs to change the most. Winning time, closing time, opportunity. This team with that continuity should have been able to win more of these games. But now you got to take it. You, you can't, whatever, move on from it. Again, hey, learn from it and take it into uh, more of this uh, homestand now that begins tomorrow. Much more on the Kings coming up here on the bottom of the hour. And even that Tristan Thompson audio that's going around. But uh, we'll move on here with the more first things first. First things first. Pulled into the right of Jones. Leans forward on the left foot, takes the snap. Drops back. Has time. Fires down the middle for Gordon. Reaches up, extends. Leonard in the end zone. Between two defenders. Touchdown, Patriots. Don't look now, but the New England Patriots, they're playing good football. They're playing really good football. Mac Jones has been good. Obviously, they're well coached. And the New England Patriots, who were kind of forgotten about early, they've won four in a row. They're 6-4, and four, and they're in Thursday Night Football tonight here at 5 o'clock on KHDK. They get the Atlanta Falcons, much like we've talked about the Niners, right in that pool of you trying to get into the top seven in the NFC and felt like they were so close to being buried, and then the Niners have that brilliant performance in their Monday night game against the Rams. Well, the Falcons are in that pool of teams. What is it? Saints, Panthers, Vikings, Niners, Falcons, Eagles for basically two spots. And I don't think Atlanta's very good. They're 4 and 5. They got a they're in the one of the weird teams to me because they're near the bottom, but they're sticking with a former MVP and a quarterback. They still think that's their best chance. They didn't reboot with a quarterback pick this year when they picked that high. They went with Kyle Pitts. These other teams that are down near the bottom are trying to break through and see um if Zach Wilson is their guy. If Justin Fields is their guy. If Trevor Lawrence is their guy, they are right now, but if they're going to be their guy long, long term. So 
The Falcons are still in the playoff picture in the NFC, and the Patriots are more than in the playoff picture in the AFC, and they have really put together a nice season. Right now they are in the picture at 6-4 and four and a 6 seed in the AFC um, because they have kind of just found a way that works well for them. And they were what, 1-3 yeah, at one point. They had that tough loss to the Cowboys, but since then they beat the Jets and put 54 on them. Good win against the Chargers, comfortable win against the Panthers. And this last week, one of the games I thought was going to be the game of the week, based on two teams that were kind of scratching and clawing, was them against the Browns, and they just took their spirit away. Blew them out. They won 45-7. to So just an absolutely dominant performance by the Patriots in the last game. They've won four in a row. That game is coming up again right here on KHTK after us at 5 o'clock to start another week of the NFL. First things first. First things first. first. All right, a couple of baseball notes. Uh, numbers and qualifying offers were thrown out there. The San Francisco Giants' dream season ended a little shorter than they had hoped, but there should be good news in knowing who their best hitter was last year in the lineup, Brandon Belt. He's coming back. It's just a one-year deal. He, he did accept the qualifying offer, $18.5 million. Team captain, when you lose Posey, it's important that you didn't lose both to me. I mean, Posey retired, but you didn't want to lose two key pieces to a lineup that helped you get to, what, 107 wins. And Brandon Belt will be back. They can work on a longer-term deal if they'd like to, but he signs that one-year deal based on the uh, offer that the Giants put out there in a qualifying offer. He agreed to it. I think there are only three players that agreed to the said qualifying offers, but he did, $18.5 million. He'll get paid well. He had a great season. He's kind of one of those team leaders, captains, and central figures of a team that's had crazy success in the 2010 range, and he was a part of those World Series teams and a part of this uh, incredible team this year that, you know, when he went hurt, you thought he was going to be done for the year, tried to rehab it, and came back, and then unfortunately was hurt in the postseason as well. But Brandon Belt accepts the qualifying offer for the uh, Giants. He is back on that one-year deal. First things first. First things first. All right, one more on baseball as the award season is continuing. And the first award today, like one of the big ones, uh, just went out and it was National League Rookie of the Year. And it's Bryce Harper. That was a good race, too, uh, with the National League candidates. And I thought it might be Tatis. Just, you know, you feel like the game would want him out there. But this is about people voting. And Bryce Harper had a good, year, really good year for the Phillies. He was named. National League Rookie, or excuse me, National League MVP. I think he was Rookie of the Year, but he was MVP. The one that's going to be interesting is the setup for the American League because, in my opinion on this, there's great candidates there too in Simeon, Vlad Guerrero Jr., and then Shohei Otani. And to me, if it's not Shohei Otani, not that the other two didn't deserve it, but this was such a banner year featuring Shohei Otani on the greatness that he had between a pitcher and a hitter and so much talk about could he win both awards. Well, he didn't win anything with pitching. I can't imagine, he, and they didn't go anywhere in the postseason, but an empty year of an award for him just doesn't seem right based on what he did historically this season. So they're going to be naming the American League uh, MVP here shortly, but Phillies outfielder Bryce Harper won the National League MVP, it's the uh, second MVP of his career, and it's the sixth player in franchise history for the Phillies to earn the honor first since uh, Jimmy Rollins back in 2000. 
seven. So congratulations to him. We'll update you on the American League when uh, we get that announcement and when that happens. Hey, it's time to get a new mattress. Shop local at Sleep First. All right, we're going to take our first break. There's so much more to dive into here on the Sacramento Kings, including losing again in Minnesota and really what went wrong on this road trip. We'll dive into that when we come back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. All right, back here on Sports 1140 KHDK. Capital Casino is back with indoor gaming and dining located inside at 411 North 16th Street in downtown Sacramento. Uh, we've made our way. Jay was doing some magic work back there, and I see you in the background of our YouTube. We've got a different setup. See, Chris doesn't like to put himself on camera, but we got Jay back there, and it's we got a split screen. This is more like the morning show. Yeah, we out here. Yeah, we're on. Come on now. You did it. You found Man, it. And finally, I had to restart the computer about 12 times. But I got it done. I think uh, I think we Chris, figured it out. Chris sabotages that stuff. Yeah, I think so too. To make it, you know, no one can work it except for him. <laughs> I don't know how Jay does in the morning. Uh, he does magic work. Yeah, in the I mean, he's got about sixty-three buttons to yeah. push per per segment. Yeah, it's a beautiful situation. Hey, great to be back. Yes, beautiful. Situation. It's not like I went anywhere, but yeah, great to be back. And yeah. rest in peace, Young Dolph. I came back on that man. I was everywhere yesterday. Rest in peace to that that gentleman. Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. The most precious thing we have, as much as we'll gripe about, oh, should yes. the Kings keep their coach, change all these players, front off, all this stuff. It's life's more important. It's entertainment. It's entertainment, and you can, you should care. I mean, we care. I, Absolutely. Someone just talking to Chris here on our YouTube, he's like, oh, I don't know how you guys do this all the time. I said, I love it. I wouldn't want to do anything else. I would be here if the Kings were 0-82. Yeah. I wouldn't like it. It makes it more rewarding when they're good. Of course, I want this team to win. But in the end, it is entertainment. It's sports. It's fun to me. Yeah. But it can be stressful and painful and all that too. Yeah, it is. It's it's one of those things, especially being a part of Kings. I don't want to say universe. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't say nation because everyone. No, there's only one nation, Raider Nation, right. or some somebody's nation. You know. Um. Yeah, it's interesting. The Sacramento Kings universe is always in flux. Yeah. And it's, I, as someone who was kind of on the outside looking in. I, I love my town. I love my city. I always represent, always support. I'm rocking a Doug Christie jersey. You know, those types of things. I'm not, I'm a baseball guy more than anything. And so I'm I'm 100% in, but I'm 25% out. Hmm. I'm still one of those that fans. That doesn't add up. No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always above 100%, by the way. Oh, there you but go. But I'm always on the outside looking in in the form of, as a fan, as a part of the media, as someone who's played professional sports, I, I try to look at it from all sides. And the fact of the matter is, is sometimes King's universe can get a little crazy. And for a fresh new season, a fresh new year, we're all supposed to be, you know, supposed to be excited to the fact of, look, yeah, we have an opportunity to make the playoffs and over under 37 wins. Mm-hmm. You know, we go through all this, the process every single year. And every single year as a Kings fan, you're supposed to always shoot above the stars, I would imagine. It seems like we always do, right? But sometimes, here goes my 25%. I take a step back out and look and say, mm, as much as this team looks good, and I can make a case for just about any team, as you just talked about the bottom five, mm-hmm. Which to, the Kings are in now. Yeah, to say, you know what, I could see a path for this team. You know what, if player C does this like I think we can do or he can do, we're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. But we never take into consideration just what you said, Jason, life. So many things around going on in life. Yeah. Right? And so with that being said, to take the, the conversation even a next, the, the next step further is honestly, 
if you would have sat back and looked at this team, there's no way on God's green earth you would have felt that the Kings couldn't be six and nine. You probably could have said, yeah, I could see him nine and six. I could see him picking, winning 44 games. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. But realistically, I would probably would have shot lower. And that's where they're at. We're only 15 games in. Right. No problem. Yeah. It's good. But this is something that King's Universe doesn't do very well. And I'll, I'll throw it back to you. We always see the half glass full. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I'm that way by nature. But sure. this is the first time on this team specifically, because I actually can tell you, I have a, a close friend that we have a, a $1 bet every year. That's It's official. One. Really? On the win total for the Kings. Change or paper money? Uh, You know what? I don't even think we, it's one of those things that's bragging, right? Just I don't never, even think we've yeah, ever exchanged Never exchanged it. it. Yeah. The currency. But it's, um, this was the first year in recent, like I have, couple years i just felt like i was going lower and lower i go no i don't see it i don't see it but this time jay and and i know it's not only preseason but i liked what i saw i go look Mm -hmm. there's so many people that are back i think that's going to be a strength all the things i was talking about in the previous segment like Mm -hmm. the really where they're losing the games to me is in the last five minutes so all those other years where we go oh man that was a tough loss but hopefully they learn from this hopefully they learn from this the amount of minutes that buddy and fox and holmes and halliburton have played together with coach walton they should break through this year. And I, I maybe I got too caught up in that. I love the way I saw them play in the preseason. Looking the rest of the I go, this is the first time I felt like I, I'm always optimistic. Yeah. But where I go, no, they're making it. They're good enough. There's too many guys that are back. They wanted to get Holmes. He's having a great year. Barnes, Fox. It's just like, no, they're, this is it. Like, why are they different than Portland? What, what's so great about some of these other teams? This is their time. Mm-hmm. Technically, it still could happen. Oh, for sure. Right now, it doesn't look like it, and I don't know. I don't think there's one reason why. It's it's a combination of a lot of things, yep. and it's frustrating because either I totally overshot my mark or this team, I mean, they've changed some players, but it feels like if this group's going to continue to do this again, it now feels to me like they're three years away from being two years away. Like, they almost have to strip it all down again, and I don't think they have to do that unless this group can figure it out. I don't think they have to strip it all away completely down, but I do think there's a couple of things that not only, and I'm not being disrespectful here, I'm just throwing out here, not that maybe you as part of someone that's part of the organization, and again, King's Universe, and again, I'm taking a 25% step away, is they, De'Aaron, and it's easy to say now, because we've seen 15 games. But the truth of the truth of the truth of the truth is, they don't have an A guy. Mm -hmm. It's tough to make the playoffs without an A guy. No matter how you see De'Aaron Fox, where you, you know, supplement him in a in a top 25, under 25, where you put him in a top 100 NBA list, he's not an A guy yet. And I'm not saying he will never be an A guy. I'm not saying he's not on the path to be an A guy. I'm not saying he's not on path to stardom, superstardom. I don't even care about the 15 games that he's played so far this year. And I know we're only talking about right now. He's not a superstar. You need a superstar to compete in this league. Mm. You just have to. Yeah. So that's, that's one of my drawbacks from the Kings immediately. There's not a superstar. I get it. The Detroit Pistons won with, without a superstar, right? So it can it can be done. It's rare, though. Very rare. Second part of it is, I think you, along with a lot of Kings Universe, makes the argument against themselves and the fact of they have a great mixture of this. 
I think they have a great mixture of veterans. I think they have a great mixture of young talent. I think they have, look at Buddy, look at Tristan coming in, look at, you know, look at some of these guys. But I think, isn't that just it? There's a mix of, uh, I don't know. Right. There's like a little bit of everything. Yeah. And I, it, it sounds crazy, but take a step back and look at it. When you have a mix of kind of everything, it's kind of like you don't know what you have. And so now that we're 15 games in, the Kings are kind of showing they don't really know what they have to us as fans, media. Now, inside the building, inside the arena, I'm pretty sure they feel like they know what they have. It just hasn't been shown and proven yet. But I don't know if – I don't think they know as much as they believe they know. I don't think we know that they know they have it, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm going back and forth. But well, I there's you. a mix of a lot of things going on. Right, and I, I'm thinking about to your first point about having a guy to be a playoff team. So we go down the list. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. Curry, obviously – Best yeah. player. I mean, still maybe the best player in the league right now. Um, I guess one I would ask you about, in your opinion, on on kind of a guy, is Booker. Yes. Okay. So, but I don't think he was until Chris Paul became there. Agreed. But I think he but was. The combination is great. Yes, and I think the other part of that is, is as much as most people don't want to give the flowers to Chris Paul, he is a guy. Oh, for sure. He's shown that he is a guy. Everywhere he's proven he's, he's done it. Yeah. There's not a question in that no more. I guess so. Where I thought is. I think Booker is ascending that way, or was, and then now they, when they win all the time, of course you, you say he is. It felt like Fox is on that path, or was, Yeah, but, you, let but me they tell, didn't get that other part to boost him. I'm going to show you what the difference is. It's, yes, they didn't get the other part. They're still searching for that. The other part of that is as much as Chris Paul helped Devin Booker, Devin Booker helped Chris Paul, he's already shown it now. Mm-hmm. Tell me where De'Aaron Fox has put up 50 points in a game. Right. No, he hasn't. Show me where this guy is taking a leap to be an all-star. Show me where he's put the team on his back in the playoffs and done it. Now, it sounds crazy because they haven't been to the playoffs right. as a team. But when he gets there, we'll see. And, you know, it determines everything. But you also have to take steps to get there as well. And that's why I say I've seen it. I can see it in De- De'Aaron. Yeah, I felt like he was taking He's taking steps. those steps. Yeah. Right. And Chris Paul just kind of assisted Booker. But I think Booker has shown and proven that he is a guy now. Yeah. Like, he is a bona fide top 20 guy. He is. Yeah. I mean, it's arguable, but yeah. he is. Right. No, and then I look at the Kings' success when they had success in just this short season, 15 games, even some of those losses to Utah, uh, but the six wins, it generally was five, six, or even seven players in double figures because they don't have – I mean, Fox can get 35. Sure. can. But I still think and maintain the strength of this team, Jay, would be if Fox is in the 18 to 25 range, but efficient and there when they need him in the fourth, Halliburton 13 to 17, Holmes 13 to 20, Barnes healed, all of that. That's the best version of the team where the irony is last night, actually Fox was really good. He didn't have a lot of help. Yeah. And it was an efficient game. I think he had 30 or 28 and 50%. eh, So? Like yeah. it, it wasn't enough, so I just I feel like they haven't been able to grasp. I think I think watching the way they're constructed, they got to do it with everybody. With Fox maybe being the leader of the charge, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean he scores the most points. Maybe Buddy lights up for twenty eight, but Fox is there with his twenty four seven and seven. That's a good night, but I, again, I don't think they're far, but they're obviously far enough. Yeah, because that road trip was was bad. Yeah, it is all and, all the way through. And, and I think they know that. And I, you know, it's early in the season. People catch fire. Things happen. You're still kind of figuring out a rotation. You know, so many things in the, in this short season has kind of been up in the air for the Sacramento Kings. There's been some 
not off the field, excuse me, off the court situation because it's all considered on the court. But there's some things that, you know, through the media, it seems like it's had to be figured out a little bit off the court. But again, when you really look down and you put a magnifying glass on this team, if you don't have the guy, and I, I kind of agree with you, Jason, in the fact that you need, I think in the best version of what the Sacramento Kings probably expected over there on go, at Golden One is De'Aaron putting up 27-5 and five a game. I disagree. See, I think to be the guy, sometimes you have to go and put 30 on the floor. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying he can't do it because I think he can. I think offensively in this league, no one can be stopped. I don't care what the best defender is. Just ticky tacky, too many fouls, too many things going on. As an off, when you're on offense, you should take advantage of it. I don't think a lot of people in the league do, do, does that enough. But De'Aaron has special attributes. He has special talent, and that's why I say he can be the guy. Right, right. But I'm not sure doing 27 and five is the guy. I think you got to give me 25, 10 and seven. Mm. And show me you're the guy. Right. And then the other part of that is is then it becomes some people come with you. Right. Doug used to say this all the time. There were certain people that had to set the precedent. And there were people that a lot of folks outside of that was not inside that locker room because we were privy to that information would tell you, well, this person and that person and this, you know, set the precedent. And Doug would be like, no, it wasn't. They didn't set the precedent. Those people came with the person that set the precedent. Right. Now, I know I'm talking in codes. I would never do that to Doug. But the fact of the matter is, is sometimes somebody over there got to set the precedent. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you're going to kind of talk about with Tristan Thompson. Yep. But the fact that on top of that, if we don't know who that person is, if it hasn't been shown, if it organically it doesn't happen, then we need to figure it out. Right. And that's been the issue with the Kings this year for me is I don't know if nobody, anybody knows what's going on. I don't think they can figure it out collectively. I think someone is going to have to say, you know what, I'm going to do it myself yeah. on yeah. the court. We'll see how that goes. we got to talk more about this, too. And, yes, as Jay pointed out, we got to get to that Tristan Thompson audio. That's going to come your way at 4. As we go to break... Here's the number to dial, 1-800-920-1140, 1-800-920-1140. You uh, have a chance to win a four-pack of tickets to see the Causeway Classic. UC Davis and Sacramento State will be played at UC Davis Health Stadium this Saturday at 1. For tickets and more information, visit cagedk.com. Again, dial 1-800-920-1140. We are looking for caller number six. Call in right now. You'll win that family four-pack. We're back with more after this on KHDK. Hey, congrats to Matt. He was a winner of tickets to the Causeway Classic, UC Davis-Sacramento State, this Saturday, 1 o'clock. You can hear the game here on KHTK. Uh, We'll have another family four-pack of tickets to give away in the next hour. Also, Kings tickets coming up in the next hour. do want to pass along uh, congratulations to Shohei Otani. Unanimous. Easy choice. He was the winner. By the way, the NL, we, we mentioned it went to Bryce Harper. Uh, Soto, Juan Soto finished second. Fernando Tatis was third. Brandon Crawford was fourth. Uh, Trey Turner was fifth. I saw there was 10th place votes for Lamont Wade and Buster Posey. They each got one of those 10th place votes. The full AL rundown hasn't been laid out. Fifth was Correa. Fourth was Judge. Simeon finished third. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was second. So two Blue Jays, second and third. And then Shohei was first. Jay, the interesting thing about Shohei, I saw this stat. Um, over the past six seasons... The Angels have not had a winning record in any of those years. They have three MVPs, two with Trout, now one with Shohei. That's big time right there. I mean, he, he, And now the, they spent a boatload on Cindergard to think that's the – I just yeah. – Does, get some pitching. Would you have won Shohei? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm with – I, I might have won Vlad just it's because just, Shohei didn't finish off. 
Yeah, he didn't. He was but hurt. It was so amazing, and I just felt like the year. Like if you looked back, okay, we we lived it, we witnessed it. He was the story of the year. And if we're ten years, fifteen years, twenty years from now, and go, what was the? Year? And you see no hardware for him. That'd be kind of a weird one to explain. Like, wait, did he even win MVP when people were talking about him better than Babe Ruth of the season he had? Yeah. Um, Baseball made the right decision. Yeah. Was fixing. I don't know. It was oh, unanimous, okay. though. I know. Fix might have been thirty to unanimous. Nothing. Yeah. Uh, the fix. Vlad was second, though. He got almost all the second place votes. And Simeon, I've, I felt those two might bump heads with two Blue Jays, but great year for Shohei. Angels to have all that, and even before in that run too, they had Pujols, one of the all-time greats. But no. just can't no pitching. They always have one or two just generational talents. Yep, great guys, all stars. But it sounds like the Kings, we can't put it together. Right. We, so, yeah. Signed. Uh, who was it? This Rendon. Rendon. Like they put they put money into the team, but not in the right places. Yeah. Not in the right place. Big money. Yeah. So, oh, here's the AL. Okay, now I got the rest of it. Let's see. Uh, is there an Oakland A? Yeah, Matt Olson was... Fourth. No, Seventh. Uh, let's you, see. You Judge, fourth, top three, five. five. <laughs> Ramirez, six. Perez. Perez, wow, he had a great year. Salvador? Yeah. Olson was eight. Okay. Any other Oakland A? Nope. That's probably former Oakland A. Yeah, Matt Olson. Sad. Let me see where he got. Olson got two fourth-place votes, a two-fifth, a sixth, nine seventh-place votes, Five, eight, three, ninth, and two tenth place votes. So mm. voting out to ten is kind of yeah. Five is enough. It is enough. Yeah, five. I, I mean, if if I'm putting you in ninth AL MVP vote, you're probably along with other people not going to be a top five guy. So no need to go there. I mean, is, this would just truly, I guess, be an honor for these four. Kyle Tucker of the Astros, Mike Zanino of the Rays, Austin Meadows of the Rays, and Mitch Hanniger of the Mariners got one point, so one ten-place vote oh, yeah. for those four. Do, if that's you're it. if you're any four of those gentlemen, are you on the phone with your teammates right now? I was tenth. I was tenth in the game. <laughs> that means I was the tenth best player in the AL. Com- well, on for someone's some. ballot. On some. Well, on one person's ballot. <laughs> because uh, all the other people that are finishing probably, what is this, 20th? Wow. 10th in the league. Yeah, but that's sad when you said that about Olsen. That he, yeah. He's a be. former Oakland A at this point. That, that's, we're not even going to talk about How We're talking about the Kings right Melvin now. get away. Uh, yeah. See, I haven't even been able to voice my opinion about that. I always say this as the Oakland A station. I try to be... Fair, but I mean, they're at this point. I don't even know how to be fair with the Oakland A's. Yeah, I mean, they're as a fan, lifelong fan of the Oakland A's. I feel the organization at this point is almost just spitting at us. Honestly, yeah, you're gonna bring down the payroll again, right? And you're likely, not- if you move Olsen, if you move Chapman. You moved Melvin. I mean, already. Yeah. I mean, well, you didn't move him, but you allowed him. You, you I mean, allowed him. When to you move. allowed him to talk, you're yeah. basically saying, you know, I mean, you knew Bob Melvin would go to San Diego and impress them, of course. And then it's just if he, if that locker room accepts him with that young talent, they're going to be great. Yes, he's a great manager. Yes. And the A's, the one thing I will say, whether it was Melvin or before him, that that clubhouse is unique. It's likable. It's it's always been fun and festive. But at some point, even just those internally, like. Oh, good. Matt Olson's getting good. Oh, he won't be here in two years. Yeah. Or this guy's getting good. Well, he'll likely be gone. I mean, that's that's tough. It's cut and dry almost for the Oakland A's at yeah. this point, and it's kind of handcuffed Billy Bean for a long time, even though he's not the 
he's not pulling the strings, right, so to say. Fault, it's not yeah. him. But um, this is general manager. But there, there's also there's, and I'm I'm trying to find a proper word. There is a sustainability of knowing this is the process that the Oakland A's organization operates in. Mm-hmm. And that's tough. As a fan, that is tough to know that Tejada, Xavi, Zito, Hudson, Mulder, uh, you know, McGuire, McGuire I mean, just yeah. the, the names go on, you know, they'll be gone. Sooner or later, they'll be gone. I mean, what what are you supposed to do as a fan? What where's the where's the you you hope you catch the faith in that in, in a season of those guys that yeah you know because there's been a couple years here where the A's were good and maybe it just all it time. all lined up and they won it and then it makes it I don't know if it's easier but at least you go well at least we got a title out of that group and it's I'm going to be sad to watch this guy play on this team. But, yeah, that's the reality they're living in. All right, what's the reality the Kings are living in? we got to get into this. We do have the audio that a lot of people have been commenting on and seeing about Tristan Thompson. We're going to hear that when we start the next hour. Much more on the Kings, and we'll have your chance to win Kings tickets against the Blazers uh, next week. We're going to do all that to start the 4 o'clock hour. That's next here on KHDK.